Greetings and welcome back to TanakhStudy.com, the podcast program in which we study a chapter of Tanakh in each session. My name is Yitzchak Shalom. I'm honored to be studying Sefer Eov with you. And we are now in Perak Yod Aleph. As you notice, many of the chapters are relatively short, but of course the language is very challenging and the ideas are somewhat difficult to untangle. Uh, we're now looking at the first response of the third friend of Eov, Sofar Hanna'amati. And he will, as we say, give it to Eov with both barrels. And remember that in Eov's last speech, he said that he's not guilty of anything so terrible. He's also not such a threat to God. Why doesn't God just leave him alone and let him live out the rest of his life in quiet uh, until he goes into that darkness of death? And Sofar answers as follows. With all of these words, shouldn't they be answered? In other words, he's giving an apologia for himself about why he's going to respond. Shouldn't somebody who is, has speech justify here and justify God's position? Your lies silence people. Metim here being mortals, like mispar, as we find it in, uh, in, um, uh, in, uh, in, uh, in, uh with uh, Yaakov. Right. Um, and you you are degrading and nobody responds to you. Nobody shuts shut you up, as it were. Vatomer zach likhi. My lekach, my lesson, is pure. Uvar hayiti ve'enecha. Now ve'enecha here is a little bit strange because it takes it out of the quote. You're saying bar hayiti, and now it's ve'enecha, meaning in your eyes, you're pure. That's how you're presenting it. You're pure, and your words are clear, and your words are true. V'ulam mi'itein aloha daber. So who's going to give God the, the speech, the opportunity to speak? Viftach svatav imach, and will open his lips with you. In other words, somebody, as it were, has to speak for God. Viaged lecha ta'alumot chokhmah. And he'll tell you all of the deep things of wisdom. Meaning what? Ki chiflayim letushiyah. Kiflayim, which means double, which means a lot. There's a lot of wisdom there. Vidaki ashelacha eloha meavonecha. And God will relieve you of your sin. And God will, as it were, help your sin be forgotten. But he's now accusing you very strongly of having sinned, sinned strongly, and that it's only God who can relieve him of it. And now he speaks, as we've seen in many of these speeches, uh, beautifully, poetically, of the greatness of God. Can you find the deep, profound thoughts of God? Can you find the tachlit, the end, the deepest part of God's thinking or God's works? And this is an idea that, again, has, has shown up in several of the responses to Eov and Eov's own words and is going to come full force in the last few prakim of the book. Can you go to the highest parts of the heaven? Do you know the deepest parts, the bowels of the earth? Meaning, its measure is wider than the land. Meaning, God's wisdom and God's knowledge. And wider than the sea. He's done quickly here all four directions. Height, 
depth, width, and length. If he passes by, and yaskir is a borrowed term from Azav Tzarat, and suddenly you're quarantined, and by the way, that's not far from what Eov looks like in the story with the boils. And then he gathers you back, and who can respond to him? He can do all of it. But he also has all the deep knowledge, which means he knows about things of, about you and about your sins that you think you've clarified and you've spoken about that you haven't. He knows about mortals. He sees sins that the person himself doesn't recognize. Play on words. Navuv means hollow. A hollow person has to think about it, has to contemplate it, can't see it right away. The beautiful passage. A man is born like a wild donkey. In other words, wild in the sense of, uh, of, of uh, not domesticated. That a man is born essentially wild and needs years of growth and sophistication and contemplation and introspection to be able to see these things, whereas God sees them right away. And you think that you've discovered everything about yourself, that you can say, I'm innocent of whatever it is, and why are you punishing me? And now he turns to Yov and says, you got to do tshuva. The first thing is, prepare your heart, which is contemplation and introspection. Lift up your hands to him, which is a biblical idiom for prayer. Uh, find it in Echa and other places. And if you have some sinful thing in your hand, get rid of it. Which sort of reminds us of the people of Nineveh, of getting rid of a Hamas If you have something that you own that was wrongly gotten, get rid of it. Do not let a sin rest in your tent. And Eov's tent uh, is, a, is a motif again that returns throughout. Your tent is at peace. Find it several times. Then you can lift your face up from having a moon. Mean then you'll be purified. You'll be solid. You won't be afraid. Right now you're afraid because you know that you're sinful. You know that there's things you've done wrong. You'll be solid. You'll be able to stand in front of God. You've expressed before that you were afraid. And when God speaks to you, you get confused. You don't have to be afraid if you get rid of your sins. But you have to look deeply and find them. You will forget all of your afflictions, all your travails. The other possibility is Amal being sin. And you'll even forget, not only will you stop doing it, you'll also even forget about it. You'll remember them like water that's passed, literally water under the dam. Something that's part of a past life. And again, that could be about your sin, or it could be about the travails. And this is the, a, the, a theme that he's heard from several of his friends, that the time will come that all of this, that relative to what's coming up, what you have now will be very small, either right now the pain, or even the good life you had before, relative to what you have coming up. But you've got to make the move. Right, Mitzorayim here means more than, more than the brightest time of day, the midday, will come a shine. Taufa kaboker the darkness, the word taufa we had earlier, will become like morning. And that, by the way, was the word that Eov used to describe the darkness of death that he's looking for. Um, 
in the uh, at the end of the previous parak, and now, no, so far, it turns it inside out. That will become like morning. It will become light. It will become bright. You will be secure that there is hope indeed. And tikva, again, is a word that's been used several times and been played with as an end, as a hope, and also that fine string. Chafarta could mean you're going to dig a hole and lie down very comfortably. That may be referring to death. And that then you will really be able to die comfortably knowing that you've, you've come, come around. Or it could be chafarta, meaning the shame that you had. Now lavetach tishkav. You'll be able to put that to rest also. Viravatstavi ein macharit. You'll lie down and nobody will bother you. Unlike what we have earlier where his, your sleep is tormented by bad dreams and visions. <clears throat> and now lots of people will come and bother you. Some of people will seek you out. Not that you'll be bothered by day- nightmares and by troubles, but you'll be bothered by all sorts of people who are coming, as Eliphaz mentioned at the beginning of his, of his uh, presentation, that so many people came to Eov for support and, 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 uh, and for, um, and for, um, for, for, uh, um, friendship and for advice. Um, this is how he ends. The eyes of the wicked will go out. This is the a biblical notion we find throughout Tanakh of the eyes of the bad person looking in anticipation and not seeing what they're hoping for. One of the most powerful examples of that is at the end of Perak Bet of Shmuel Aleph when the curse to Beit Eli is that his descendants will look longingly on the Mikdash and see all of its success and they'll be very upset about it. And they won't even have anywhere to flee to, which is what you're expressing now about yourself. And their end is going to be something that's empty. That we'll look for it, but there'll be absolutely nothing there. And he ends on a high note, as it were, putting down the others who do not follow the path that he's advising Eov. But he brings Eov, and there's a beautiful sort of circle, is that the end of Tzofar's ex- uh, exhortation takes us back to the very beginning of Eliphaz's, the first one, in Perak Dalad, where he spoke about Eov's impact on others, and the importance that Eov had in other people's lives in giving them support and encouragement and hope and advice, and he will be back there, but first he has to make the move himself. We will hear Eov's response to Tsofar. It will take three prakim, so we'll hear it over the course of the next three podcasts, and then we'll go to the second cycle. In the meantime, everybody should have a wonderful day.